0: Welcome to the Rock Your World Naturally podcast, the place where women from around the world come to discover God's plan for health in body, soul, and spirit. I'm your host, Rakesia McMillan, award-winning author, Air Force veteran, and health evangelist. I'm passionate about sharing biblical truth, scientific research, and practical lifestyle approaches to help heal your world naturally. You're listening to podcast episode 17, my exclusive interview with B. Keith Neely, discussing the physical and emotional risks of abortion. And so all I saw was failure in his eyes and, well, I don't love you that much uh, to marry you and, and so get rid of the problems. Because one day it hits you and you realize, oh my gosh, what have I done? You know, and this was my baby. As my counselor um, doctor was was saying, that you go one of two ways either carrying endless grief or going, uh, turning to drugs and alcohol for relief. I actually did both.
1: There have been many reports talking 10, 15, 20 years after abortions, women will sink into uh, substance abuse or other things which they can't
0: understand why they're doing these things. These women have no help really available to them, even when they go to trained counselors. Counselors are, themselves are, are, what they learn in graduate school and in their um, training is that abortion is not a trauma. It's like any other small medical procedure. So they're not even, trained to help these women. These women don't have anywhere to go and so it makes a lot of sense that they're just self-medicating with substances. Instead I went into that really deep depression and uh, I was at a moment of suicide actually within that and out of that uh, I basically asked God to reveal himself to me otherwise I wouldn't live to see tomorrow and I was serious I just I could not handle life anymore. I, I became completely devastated um, I then cried out for help and um, and I, I remember my prayer quite clearly. I remember the night, I remember kneeling beside my bed and just being so broken-hearted and uh, asking if there's a God out there help I mean, you get to the age of 92, 94, 96, this is a long period of grieving and and shame and distress. It was the first time that I felt a human connection where, I want to say, I felt loved for love's sake. I'm your host, Rakesia McMillan. Certified Integrative Nutrition Health Coach and Health Evangelist. My assignment to the Body of Christ is to help women and communities heal their world naturally in spirit, soul, and body. If you'd like to know more about how you can heal your world naturally, you can visit me on the web at rockyourworldnaturally.com. You can find me on social media on Facebook and LinkedIn at rockyourworldnaturally and on Twitter at rockyourworld28. The topic on our show today is one that doesn't receive much attention within our church arenas. It's about women who have had abortions, who are living and suffering in silence from the emotional scars, from the emotional wounds that have taken place by aborting an unwanted child. Some of the latest statistics reveal that more than 40% of women having an abortion attend church and 70 percent say that they are born-again Christians. Whether real or perceived, the stigma of unplanned pregnancy and abortion is an important issue for pro-lifers to address, especially within the Christian setting. A report by LifeWay Research found that many women facing unplanned pregnancies go silently from the church pew to the abortion clinic because they are afraid of being judged rather than being helped. More than 4 in 10 women who have had an abortion are churchgoers when they actually had or ended the pregnancy, according to a study by the Baptist Press reports. Only 7% discuss their abortion decision with someone at church And 76% said that church had no influence on their decision to abort their unborn child, according to this study. There's a huge opportunity for the church to have an impact on those decisions, Scott McConnell, vice president of LifeWave Research, told Christian news outlets. He shared and called on churches to openly extend more grace to women facing crisis pregnancies. Women are perceiving judgment from the church and that's probably partly because there are clear teachings in the Bible including how and why we make judgments. However, if they don't start experiencing something different than what they've seen in the past these numbers aren't going to change. And this is why we are Going forward in the show on today, I feel led that this is one discussion that needs to be had because there are so many women as well as men and families who are silently suffering within the pews. And my guest today, Mr. Keith Neely, is on an assignment. He is on a mission from God. We are not Here to condemn or judge, but it is about bringing healing and restoration to those who are suffering in silence to know that God is able to heal, God is able to restore. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so today's message is about a message of hope, it is one of restoration as well as awareness to what is actually happening to women and men within the body of Christ concerning unborn children. I'd like to take a few moments to share the background about our guest today, Mr. B. Keith Neely, and how he started his journey along this ministry path to minister to women and men concerning overcoming the traumas and the issues related to aborting unborn children. Keith was at a Christian business retreat about 14 years ago when the group was challenged by the speaker to ask God if there was something specific they should do with their talents. He sensed he was to use his video production company and background in public relations and advertising to help the pro-life battle through the production of a television documentary about the horrific and lifelong health risks of abortion to both the woman and her subsequent children. Working with the DeVerber organization, Brent Rooney and the American Association of Pro-Life Gynecologists and Obstetricians to ensure accuracy, the outcome to date is four video productions and a fifth in post-production. Two can be watched on Christian Cinema. The Physical Risks of Abortion for a Teenage Girl and Her Physician and The Emotional Risks of Abortion and Healing. Mr. Neely graduated from the State University of New York, cum laude, speech communication and has completed graduate level courses in Media and Journalism at the University of Kansas and Public Relations at York University. He has also completed seminary courses at the Central Baptist Seminary, now Heritage College and Seminary. His creative work has served the largest corporations in Canada and spans the alphabet. Adams Brands, A.E. Royal, LaPage Real Estate, Arbor Memorial, Canadian Tire, Hubble Canada, INCO, Volkswagen Canada, and Zeller's among others plus all three levels of government he has served on six charitable boards including the mark ham stoffelville crisis pregnancy center keith is a family man with his wife of 44 years and four grandchildren they live near two of the grandchildren in the rural town of mount albert northeast of toronto canada ladies and gentlemen please help me welcome our guests Mr. B. Keith Neely. Thank
1: you for having me. This information is so important to people that are thinking of their health. Uh, There's so many ramifications and there's so much information that you just aren't getting other places. So thank you for putting this show on, Rakisha.
0: Oh, and I, I am so grateful to be able to do so. And I know that it's going to be a blessing to our listeners as well as just provide some vital and life-changing information um, to our audience that's listening in on today. And so I am um, just grateful and thankful for the way that we were able to uh, connect and for the ministry that God is, has helped you to regarding the the battle uh, in the pro-life world, specifically for women, and and the health risks that they may have um, regarding that. So can you share with our audience how you actually started this journey?
1: I was on the board of a uh, crisis pregnancy center in my area and was also involved in corporate video production and just Felt God telling me to give him my video um, company and and tackle the misinformation that's out there. And and as I pondered it, it seemed to me that the most um, the easiest approach would be to talk about the health risks to the woman, um, mm-hmm. because there was already lots of talk about the rights of the unborn. Um, so it seemed to me that, that television stations uh, who would be paying for the documentaries would would really want their women uh, listeners to know of this information, uh, but sadly I was so, so wrong, and I, I battled them for years, and I had a little bit of communication back, but for the most part, they are just not able to – Open their doors to conversations about anything that relates to the health risks of abortion, so mm-hmm. it remains a hushed up um, topic, and uh, my most recent documentary, just finished over the last few weeks uh, is talking about how how the media how the scientific community has been successful uh, in hushing up this profound information profoundly important
0: and when you you mentioned that you know there's this silence regarding those women who um, are facing emotional and physical health risks I was alarmed to see some of the statistics out there that one in four women who are actually in the church have undergone you know abortions and so these women may be um, in the pews within the church settings that are um, silently suffering from the emotional pain as well as the physical pain that they have endured um, the, as a result of of having an abortion
1: do you know who else suffers their their husband uh, mm. their children and their church because they are they are too ashamed to talk about it mm. and and we need to quickly uphold these women and say you didn't do anything any of the rest of us haven't done in terms of failed god in one way or another so sure. uh, you happen to do one that that is has has tremendous overtones and issues and you and you're in an environment where you can't talk about it and that's sad but husbands are impacted because their wife relates um such to what they did so it's immediately mm-hmm. a bad thing instead of a good thing, yeah. and their children are impacted because it, it it impairs the mother's relationship with their own children, so they've documented all this. you know? So the kids have problems in the playground with, because they don't feel as loved, and mm-hmm. in fact, if the children know that there's been an abortion, the youngest children also worry about it. They think, oh, and, and so they – remember the Hansel and Gretel worry about mm. being put in an oven? So the, 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 yeah. the kids – who are born they have anxieties because they know one of their siblings died Mm -hmm. so it's very 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 messy i'm not suggesting that children should be told these things but but the mom needs help because the trauma can last literally into her 90s and if she's been successful at repressing it all those decades it comes back up um, as they face death they they believe that god hates them uh, they have post-traumatic stress disorder. They have nightmares, and so it's it's a it's a problem. And um, this has been documented also. So it never goes away. It it gets buried sometimes. Some women are successful in burying it. I think it's just like going to war. Not everybody gets post-traumatic stress disorder, but
0: mm-hmm. some do,
1: and and perhaps the more sensitive natures. But every woman I've talked to and is in the documentary talks of either they most of them have debilitating outcomes. Some of them are successful in just putting it in a box and moving on, but it comes out in their lives, too, in unexpected ways. So,
0: Mm.
1: yeah, needs to be dealt with.
0: Yeah, and I think those are just so many interesting points that you bring up that when emotional trauma is not addressed or if it is not um, dealt with, that post-traumatic stress could certainly be a result of that. And, and some women may not even realize and their husbands too, that um, some of the symptoms that come along with post-traumatic stress, like the nightmares, not being able to sleep, not um, being able just to relate or to connect, you know, in a healthy level as a result, you know, of all this emotional, Um, unrest that has not been addressed or or dealt with um, in the church setting as well as in their personal lives
1: absolutely do you think your listeners are well aware of this this big issue and just need to be encouraged to act on it or or do you think many of them do not know of the physical and other emotional risks And also the 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 matter of how this lie came about. Do you want me to address any of those?
0: Yes, because I I truly don't believe that my listeners are not aware. And to be honest, I was not as aware of the emotional risks that so many women face. You know, one in four women, you know, within the church setting, um, is living with this. And I just. Think the listeners definitely do need to um, be educated in that area as well as understand how this did actually come about. So yes, if you could could share those things, that would be insightful.
1: Let me go back to a medical conference in East Germany in 1960. That's a long way back. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few physicians were talking amongst themselves, and and dis, and and. We're saying to each other, you know, we, we think abortion is safer uh, than childbirth, but there were no studies. Uh, but but that mere conversation, and and there's little more to it than that. Apparently, ba- basically nothing more to it than that became the foundation for the overturning of abortion laws in America and then around the world. So we have clung, we the society have clung to this notion that it's actually safer to have an abortion. Than to give birth. So it's actually better for women to have an abortion. So there was no studies to document that uh, at that time. One has been created since by fab- by I shouldn't say fabricated, not the right word. by carefully eliminating uh, most of the health risks of abortion, uh, a study was able to be created that said abortion is safer. And in the same way, the cigarette companies did this for years by isolating mm-hmm. information. So in the same way, you and I might say, OK, is it cheaper to drive our car 100 miles away uh, or is it cheaper to take Uber? Well, of course, we have a car with a full tank of gas on paper. That looks like the cheaper solution. It looks like it's free, whereas nobody could argue that driving a car is free or that Uber was you know $50, whatever, as the only expense. But that's the way – this notion of the mantra of safer than childbirth was created by eliminating the many, many health risks. Uh, and so we were just talking about the emotional health risks. The emotional health risks alone more than offset that safer than childbirth mythology. So, uh, yeah, with with the emotional risks, women start living dangerously. They hate themselves for what they've done. So they they. One woman might live dangerously by having a, a lot of partners, sexual partners. Mm-hmm. Another woman might live dangerously by having what looks like a, a healthy lifestyle with sports, but she's feeling so badly about herself. She does, she engages in sports that are well beyond her ability, high-risk sports, and almost like an, a, a semi-attempt at suicide. So mm-hmm. risky behaviors that way, and of course depression. So she soothes the pain with with uh, substance abuse, alcoholism, uh, and and she doesn't even know this necessarily. She doesn't know why her life has gone off the rails, mm-hmm. but it has. Um, and unfortunately, counselors are not trained to say, "Have you had an abortion?" Because they've been taught the same as all the rest of society has that abortion is just like pulling a tooth. So
0: mm-hmm. they don't think to say,
1: "Are you are you troubled by something like
0: abortion?" Right. And I think it is just really asking those key questions. But like you said, not many are trained in (laughs) asking, you know, that question to open up that conversation.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: go ahead. Go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say, I think, too, that so many women, they do suffer in silence because they're just afraid of, of being judged you know, as well, you know, within the church setting for the wrong um, that has com- been committed or the choice of the decision that has been made. And so, you know, just being afraid of that judgment um, coming upon them, I think, is probably one of the, the main reasons of why women um, and their husbands or men um, shy away from even, discussing or even talking about, um, an abortion that may have taken place.
1: For sure. We need to start with the parents and, and the young men before marriage so that they understand, um, that they should never ever pressure their, their girlfriend, their wife into an abortion, um, Not just because of the horrible physical long-term consequences, but because of the emotional consequences. When a woman feels pressured into it, Mm -hmm. um, she has a harder time coping with it than when she made the decision on her own. So Mm -hmm. a a 14-year-old girl who's had an abortion has been pressured into it, more likely than a 30-year-old woman. She has a a greater difficulty with it. Um, So somehow mom and dad need to create in the home of of, of their teenage son and daughters um, a culture that says you should not be sleeping with your girlfriend boyfriend before you're married but at Absolutely. the same time if you do get pregnant um, don't have an abortion you are welcome at home we're not going to you know we're not going to harass you um if you ever find yourself at a party situation even if it's a party we told you not to go to or you hid from us please phone us we will we will rush and pick you up no questions asked kind of thing you know know what i'm saying how do you create that culture that's for mom and dad to figure out not Mm -hmm. for this radio show
0: but the important
1: thing is that that because it's the christian kids in the church who feel they will shame their father who's the pastor or their father Mm -hmm. who's the elder or the deacon or leader whatever So that shame factor drives them to do what they don't really want to do.
0: Sure. And that's true. And I think that these are just conversations, you know, that we we just don't have. And just speaking, you know, from my own personal experience that, you know, my mother, she was one of those young women who became pregnant at 15 and her father was the pastor you know, of a very well known uh Baptist church. And, you know, it was having those conversations with my mother about me <laughs> at the time, you know, and what would be the future and what would that hold? And the decision was to to keep me and to raise me with love. And so it's just imagining or, or even thinking that had that decision been made to abort that i would not be here speaking with you today keith (laughs) i I would not be here
1: amazing foundation wow what a story Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and and how easy it would have been for for that decision to go the other way right piece of cake just solve the problem get it out of your life and it'll all be done
0: absolutely and you're right because sometimes it It does take place within the church setting to where she is the daughter of a pastor or a senior leader in the church. And, you know, God forbid, how can she bring shame, you know, on the congregation? This is the pastor's daughter, (laughs) you know, and but it's it's having those those tough conversations that um, we need to be able to have within the church setting.
1: So your listeners need to know that in the act of your mother choosing life, choosing you, she decreased her risk of future breast cancer uh, Mm -hmm. because the younger you bring a baby to full term, the lower your risk of breast cancer because um, until you have a baby, a woman has uh, breast tissues that are cancer prone and providing milk to that baby – turns those breast tissue uh, that are sensitive into breast uh, cancer resistant cells so mm-hmm. and that's established biology there's no there's no dispute about that mechanism uh, um, mm-hmm. by having you she made the subsequent children healthier in that uh, abortion leads to future premature children uh two abortions increases the risk of extremely premature children by something like 93 percent and extreme prematurity in children um is immutably linked to things like autism cerebral palsy uh blindness deafness learning disabilities and uh depending on how old they are like 27 28 weeks or less half of them die so uh it it's just it's just amazing God created women to uh when a woman gets pregnant, every neuron in her brain apparently knows that she's pregnant and mm-hmm. and you you change to a a factory that's creating a new life, and so science does not yet know all the negative impact of stopping that midstream. We just keep finding more. Can I share you with uh, share one with you that I, I I just heard about in the last few weeks that relates sure. to this? Um, y- you are aware of a lot more autoimmune diseases yes. that that yeah. are all around us, and you know we fight it with health and things like that. But one of the reasons for it, scientists are saying, um, relates to abortion. Because when the mother and the baby the, the, the baby's living inside the mother there's an exchange of, of cells because um, and I'm not a, I'm not a scientist here to uh, say it just right but um, you know when when foreign matter is inside a, a, a body it gets rejected our, our, our bodies have the white blood cells and things like this
0: mm-hmm.
1: so special things happen so that the mother does not, reject that baby in her body. So there's an exchange of of um of cells call them cells for this. But when that baby is taken out uh without the proper process of birth, some of those cells remain in the mother and that increases her risks of autoimmune problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're just beginning to understand this, but there's no doubt that the uh an aborted pregnancy uh, Leaves cells in the mother that can cause problems later on. What we don't know yet is how much problems uh, how many problems it causes, but that, that there's no dispute that it, it, it alters the mum's immunity system. So again, it's like we're talking about PTSD. Some people are impacted, not everyone is, and so that was, that's what makes it you know complicated to sort out and it takes time to, to do the studies, et cetera. But just yet another reason. To let let mm-hmm. nature take its course uh, when you're pregnant.
0: Absolutely, and these are just again, Keith. These are things that you just never, never hear about um, within the health arena at at all. And like you said, it's more about you know the the unborn child, but it does not ever address the emotional, the health impacts that this makes overall and how it affects our communities, our churches, our homes. It, none of that is ever addressed at all.
1: No, no. Uh, another study that has just been discovered by the team of people I work with who are trying to bring science to the people uh, is the I think the only study in the world that actually uh, – Used mice to test out uh, mifepristone, uh, you know the the, uh, the pill that stops the pregnancy from from uh, taking place. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, right.
1: And and uh, so they they did this. This is out of China. It was done in 2012, and the result of that study is that two things: uh, it impacts the woman's ability to get pregnant again. And this is the, uh, the other thing – the other outcome of the study was – and I'm quote here – the impact of repeated abortions on the offspring of subsequent pregnancies was also noteworthy and deserves further explanation. So these are not pro-life re- researchers. These are, these are researchers in China looking at the data uh, that they got out of, out, of, um, out of administering the mifepristin to mice – and and that's why do we have mice in science so that we can see what happens rather quickly. Right. So so and and this is a pertinent today because women are saying, well, Keith, you're you're saying that uh, having abortions, the suction method increases the risk of future preterm babies because the muscle is weakened. You know how they they do it; they physically go mm-hmm. and wrench open uh, the uterus muscles. So we'll just use the chemical method. Well. Here's the chemical method saying it can impact future children. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's it to say it's endless the amount that, but it sort of is because we have uh, 14 studies now, 14 meta studies that uh, have have documented the the consequential, you know, the catastrophic risks of abortion, and yet. No studies, despite the millions of dollars on so-called research, no study has yet cleared abortion as a relatively safe and easy procedure. So we have a growing number of studies every year or two. There's another study or two showing the risks, and yet no studies um, okay it. Um, So Mm -hmm. how do we get the information out? Well, what you and I are doing right now
0: yeah absolutely it's It's about having conversations like this to heighten the awareness um, and our brother Keith today, he is bringing so much um, insight and information into how this has impacted so many lives. and I know Keith, you've also um have a couple of documentaries out there as well. Can you talk a little bit about the documentaries and um, how um, our audience can actually access those and get a hold of those to take a look at?
1: One documentary is is about the physical risks of abortion, and it's called uh, Physical Risk of Abortion for a Teenage Girl and Her Physician, because I have it narrated by a teenage girl and her three friends who are doing – or two friends who are doing – research on the on the internet and, and comparing it to uh, the facts. So uh, it's at Christian Cinema, and mm-hmm. the other documentary uh, is – it interviews and, and really features eight people, seven women and uh, a, a man, uh, and how their lives changed through abortion, how they were about to commit suicide, uh, how they were – um, become uh, alcoholics, uh, drug abuse. And so you, you hear their pain, you see the pain on their faces you, and you hear their stories of redemption when they call out to Christ and say, okay, I can't live another night. You've got to come to me. So it's, it's so encouraging to, to see God enter their lives and their lives restored and redeemed, really trans- transformed. So both of those, that, the second one's called the emotional risks of abortion. Both of those are at Christian Cinema and I would love you to go and watch them uh, because it lets Christian cinema know people want to watch and, and learn more and have greater empathy for post-abortion women. And, of course, the first one is really a warning. The physical risks of abortion is really set up as a warning to teenagers to say don't do this. Uh, and the emotional risks is also a warning, but it has the the empathy factor of meeting the post-abortion women to a, a greater uh, degree than the first one does, does that make sense
0: yeah absolutely okay. absolutely it does um,
1: if I'm you hoping would... to have a third sorry
0: no no go ahead Keith
1: I'm, and I'm hoping to have the third one also up the the brand new one on 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 how this information has been kept from the public and, and to me this may be even the most important one yet uh, because no one else is covering this topic and, and that is that if if people believe that abortion is safer than childhood or than childbirth, then I don't really care what the risks are. Right. It's like you and me mm-hmm. arguing. You say, OK, I want to fly to Texas. And and you say, I'm going to fly. And I say, well, driving is dangerous. And you say, yeah, I'm just going to fly. Well, driving is dangerous. Uh, you're not you're not communicating with each other because you're not worried about how dangerous it might be to drive because you're going to fly. Well, okay. so you're not worried about. All the risks of, of abortion because you think it's safer than childbirth, but it's not safer than childbirth. So so to me, that's important for people to understand how the information's been skewed, how it's been repressed, why doctors and legislators refuse to look at the information, etc. So it's all there. Uh, and to me, more important to others, maybe not so. But at any rate, hopefully it will be there soon and all the the other thing too is there's a new DVD that embeds or includes this all these documentaries I, re, I referred to you and I'm wanting um uh, abortion or anti-abortion organizations to distribute these to legislators, physicians, etc. so if you'd like uh and and these are designed to be like a dollar each is what I'm hoping for so mm-hmm. that they can easily be distributed and, and uh, change the minds of, of sure. physicians and legislators. So if your listeners want that, talk to their uh, Right to Life organization or Alliance for Life, et cetera, and, and have them get a hold of me because uh, we want these out. And I'm hoping over the next couple of months to get these up and running because I think this can change. There are people out there who are open to the new information. I, I think I think majority of people want to think that they have the truth. I hope you yeah. agree with that.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and it's it's about getting that truth out there and to um, and
1: in a package they can use, right? Mm-hmm. So a DVD is an inexpensive package. Uh, you can send people a link, but if they're not interested, that they won't they won't open the link. But if you send them a DVD, put it in their hands. And say just and so when you put that DVD in a DVD player, it immediately starts telling the message of why and how exactly uh, the information has been skewed. So in a, a 29 second introductory video, you know every DVD has a loop. It's 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 explaining um how the information's been been skewed. So, I think it's powerful, but who am I? I made it. So, of course, I'm biased.
0: <laughs> no, I'm sure that it is cuz I I had a chance to really take a look at, you know, the the video trailers that you have out there Keith for the videos um that you've made and I was just impacted by each of them and so I just highly encourage our audience, our listeners To take a look at the videos and not only look at them, but share them, share them with as many people as you can um, within the church, outside of the church. Because, again, this is a conversation that needs to be had so that those who are living with the emotional pain, the emotional trauma of, of having an abortion You know, Jesus said that he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And we know that he's also come to set the captive free. So those who may be in an emotional prison right now that really need the freedom, that need um, healing, know that healing does come through Jesus Christ. He is our healer and he's able to heal deep wounds he's able to heal traumas from your past knowing that you don't have to be condemned but that you can overcome through and by his love
1: amen and and we need to create a culture of confession to to in mm-hmm. uh, the leadership for the leadership to acknowledge yeah. that yes. i've made mistakes and i need to confess these mistakes and uh, because how else can a how how can a young woman or, or a, a 90-year-old woman confess to a mistake when she's in a culture where where everybody mm-hmm. smiles and is perfect.
0: Yeah, and you're so right. And I think that we definitely need to get back to that. Because even if you think about the studies throughout the scriptures, the Old Testament, uh, even in New Testament, when there was something that was going on within the children of Israel, they would gather together on a solemn assembly. And they would have a time of confession where they would just release all that stuff that had been going on, whatever they faced at that particular time in history, and ask for forgiveness and sought repentance. And then God was able to come in and and do a miraculous work um, after that time of confession. There was revival that broke out because they had those times Times of confession so you're you're so right about that and we just need to to get back to the ways that god has always had in place for us um that will do us good um,
1: god is serious about this isn't he
0: yes he is we we
1: we saw how how uh, in 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 genesis when when cain killed abel Uh, God came to Cain and said, hey, the blood of your brother has called out to me. So Mm -hmm. how much bloodshed has been calling out to God over this this issue? Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: and 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 as we we see also in scripture, as the faith level of the of the church declines, Mm -hmm. their enemies are allowed to increase in strength. So, again, how much of our of our problems in in the world from a from a Christian perspective are due to our own lethargy spiritually in the church? Um, I just quickly interject here. Uh, in terms of women in the church getting pregnant, pastors have shared with me that no longer are are couples not sleeping together. He said all, all of them now that I, I, I because I specifically asked them, "Are you sleeping together before they start the premarriage counseling?" And all of them now say yes. So mm. you're going to have pregnancy, but also the bigger picture is that you're not you're not respecting. Scripture is very clear mandates, and so we suffer. Mm-hmm. The whole church suffers.
0: Oh, absolutely, and you know those those guidelines, those things that God has set in place have always been for the purpose of protecting His people. They're for protection, <laughs> and it's not that we are um, missing anything, but it's it's always been for our well being. Always been for our well being.
1: That was the first lie told, right? You can't trust God's word. You know, uh, uh, Satan yes. said to eat. Did God say you can't do that? Well, God hasn't right. said that. He was misquoting God. But yeah, and so that big lie remains today—that God's the big uh, killjoy and, and and just the opposite.
0: Right. And and so Keith, as we kind of wind things down here, is there a final? word or message that you would like to leave with our audience today
1: i think the best thing i can leave with you today is is that god's word is better uh hold on to those hormones as one book calls it until you're married and your life will be better
0: Mm -hmm. amen amen that was well well said (laughs) well said And I just thank you so much for being on the show today and just for bringing um, this truth to so many listeners. And I know that someone will be touched and someone will be blessed um, by what is being heard or whether it's even seen through the videos that God has blessed you to make. I know that someone will be reached by this message on today.
1: That's encouraging. I appreciate that. Because Satan wants to discourage us, doesn't he? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you so much, Keith. It has been a blessing. It has been a pleasure. And I pray that God would continue to bless the work that you are doing uh, to touch and to heal many, many lives.
1: And I wish a blessing on your ministry, on this podcast, Rakisha. May it continue to grow.
0: Thank you so much, Keith. All right. Bye God now. Bless. God bless you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. For health tips, faith-based education, and inspiration, visit www.rockyourworldnaturally.com, and on Facebook at Facebook forward slash Rock Your World Naturally, and Twitter at twitter.com forward slash rockyourworld28.